Hi, I'm Derek Thompson. Does the news feel overwhelming to you these days? There's a pandemic, then there's inflation, and also this crypto thing. It's way too much to keep track of. That's why my podcast, Plain English, breaks down the news twice a week. Short, sweet, and surprising. It's everything you need to know with key insights you won't forget. Listen to Plain English free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and uh, my stomach hurts. I ate too much cheese tonight. I knew I shouldn't, but I couldn't resist. I'm a, I'm a champion. I'm a, I'm a true champion, and I would never let a little bathroom time come between me and something I wanted to eat, like a quesadilla. Whether that's the real deal, a salty, stringy, melted Oaxacan cheese mingled with squash blossoms or wheat lacoche or nopales sandwiched between blue corn tortillas that have just come off the comal in Mexico City or here in the Bay Area where the super quesadilla reigns supreme. I've eaten plenty of big, fat, greasy wedges of overstuffed goodness that you have to eat over your basket of tortilla chips and only after you finish eating your super quesadilla do you then turn your attention to this plate of bonus nachos that you have thus created. More recently, I've fallen in love with the quesadilla like everybody else in Northern California, which is this extra fatty, spicy quesadilla stuffed with stewed beef or goat meat sometimes and served with a side of perfect consomme for dipping. God damn, quesadillas are amazing. Before you reach for a lactate, I'm here to tell you that we are not talking about the quesadilla you think we're talking about. No, if, you, if you're tuned into this episode of Recipe Club because you're having a really hard time figuring out how to melt cheese into a tortilla, then I'm afraid you're going to have to wait. That's not this episode because today we are talking about Honduran quesadillas, which involve no tortillas, some cheese, 
and have never been served at Taco Bell. If you're Honduran or part of the Honduran diaspora, then you know what I'm talking about. To you, a quesadilla is a cake, a snack that you can munch on throughout the day. And whether you're today's recipe submitter, Alicia from Toronto, or our very own Brian Ford, this is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word quesadilla. And I really love that about food, whether it's a family spin on a classic or a completely different dish called the same thing as something else. Food doesn't mean the same thing to everyone, even within the same geographic region. Take Honduran cuisine, for example. It is a completely different result of a similar amalgam of cultural influences to Mexican or Salvadoran food. You've got indigenous cuisine, Spanish, African, Arabic, and you end up with foods that have very similar names, but look completely different. Like, oh, I don't know, the quesadilla. If you spend enough time thinking about these dishes, these homonyms with the same name and different meanings, you can completely destabilize your understanding of food, as you'll see happens to Dave and to myself in this episode. And we will get into all of that. But first, Let's hear a little bit from Alicia. After that, stick around to hear from Dave, Brian, and myself as we embark on our own quesadilla voyage. Don't forget to submit your own recipes to the fixer at majordomomedia.com. And hey, we do videos of all of this stuff too. So check out the Recipe Club TV feed on your Spotify app or flip on over to the YouTube channel for Majordomo Media and you will see how this all played out for me, Brian, and Dave. Tell me who you are and what recipe you have submitted to the recipe club. Okay. So I'm Alicia Wedele. I am a Honduran living in Canada. I've been here for 12 years. And when I saw Brian Ford ask for, you know, a real quesadilla, not our American Canadian quesadillas, um, I was excited because I have all these really, really old cookbooks from my grandmother and my mom. And there's a couple of quesadilla recipes in here. So one that I know my mom grew up with and that I've had um, is actually my great grandmother who used to make it. Let me ask you this, Alicia. What are do you have? Do you have any siblings? I do. I have three sisters. You have three sisters. How did you end up with mom and grandma's cookbooks? So I, my um, my oldest sister, she's still in Honduras, and she didn't get to get them because I have my mom here. So she's there with her kids. She's 10 years older. And that's just where they're right. She's not going to get them. She's not going to get them. Yes. And then my other sister has absolutely no care for cooking. She does. She just likes to eat. But she doesn't want to cook at all. And the little one, she's still young. So she didn't get a say. All right. Okay. So there were, there were no battles over the cookbooks. No. You inherited yes. them. Yes. You've got them with you. How often have you made this quesadilla? I've honestly, transparently once. Okay. <laughs> and I've made the easy one, but I've eaten it many times. And in Honduras, it's a very typical thing that you'll find either at street vendors or when you're traveling from the north to the south and, you know, those remote roads, um, you stop like at a typical place and you'll find the quesadillas there. So you okay. we stop, have a cup of coffee and a quesadilla on the side. Okay. And do you feel like grandma and mom were by the book cooks or are they freestyling a little bit? They were they freestyle. follow this? They freestyle everything. <laughs> Everything just and I that's why I'm the same way as them too. I freestyle everything, there's no such thing as following a recipe. 
Okay. And and in the uh, the great order of things, you said, you know, your sister's not really a cook. You're a cook. Mom's a cook. Grandma was, a, I assume, an amazing cook. Great grandma. Grandma, my grandmother, my mom's mom was a good cook, but she didn't as much. But my great grandmother who raised my mom and I lived with her for nine years. She was an amazing cook. Okay. And now tell me a little bit more about this quesadilla. It's more of a cake. So it's more of a very like thin cake, um, just a few inches. And it's made up with cheese. It's just very easy, you know, flour, cheese, some eggs and make it in the oven. And what, okay, so is this in your in your household and, and growing up, did you eat this as a dessert? Did you eat this on the side? When when do you when do you sort of eat quesadilla like this? In the morning, kind of like um a semita in the same okay. time as a semita or something we call rosquilla. And you know, you have your coffee and you have this. So it would be maybe after breakfast, kind of in between breakfast and lunch. Yeah. And like I said, when you're exactly like a second breakfast, yes. And you're in Toronto. How is the Honduran food scene there? Are you are you able to get the ingredients you want? Are you able to get food, Honduran food at all? Not at all. Um, very, very, very little. I think there's like a couple of places that make some Honduran food, but it's it's very seldom that you'll find something like that. Then there was one that was open and they closed. Um, we have a lot of Salvadorians, um, but not a lot of Hondurans. So it's hard to find ingredients like that I'm used to, that I was used to growing up with. But uh, we do have some Latin stores. You'll find some crema, but it's like one supplier. So you have mm-hmm. like the same crema that you can use all around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little harder to find ingredients. So that's why, you know, queso duro, like I can't find it here. So I have to go through a different hard cheese, like Parmesan or something in that sense. Uh, all right. So what do I have to, I'm, I'm actually, as soon as I get off with you, I'm going to go downstairs and make mine. I didn't translate the recipe. I'm going to try my best to just do it. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just use my high school Spanish and see where I get. Oh boy. <laughs> what do I need to look out for? What's, what's a possible pitfall? There's really no way that you could fail this. In my opinion, I really don't <laughs> oh, think I you can. There is. <laughs> I mean, if you don't read the recipe, yes, <laughs> or if it's translated wrong, but honestly with this, um, I think that just having the amount of sugar on top, like when you put the sugar on top, you know, it's got to like, I, I don't want to say broil, but it has to just kind of darken a little bit. So, you know, it, it has that nice crisp on top. Um, and then when it says butter, so we don't, it says mantequilla. So the first is four ounces of butter. It's not butter. Mm-hmm. It's mantequilla, which is like a crema. Oh, okay. It's not butter. It's not butter. <laughs> Okay. Mantequilla, we it's, it's crema. So I don't know if you have that downstairs or not. Nope. But you could try to use butter. It's just we didn't have butter, right? So we either had margarine. That's that was way after I think in the eighties, and then but we used to have mantequilla, which is it's different. It's that white crema, which is still not like crema. It's better, but okay. we only have crema, right? So that's what's used for that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see where I get with my my regular um, my American mantequilla. That <laughs> see yes. how my my Honduran quesadilla comes out. Um, well, thank you so much for sending this recipe, and you've made Brian Ford's dreams come true. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, for sure. Thank you. And it was this is a pleasure. I listen to you guys all the time, everywhere. I mean, from inception. Amazing. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. Anything else that I'm forgetting? Anything else you want to say to the to the people here about? Uh, quesadilla? Um, you know, I, I, Honduran food, if you can find it, try it. It's great. I know it's, it's hard for us here, but for you guys, it's much easier, um, to find in the United States. And just, uh, pupusas are not necessarily, necessarily from El Salvador. 
there is a contest. We don't know if they're from Honduras or El Salvador, so just keep that in mind. I don't want anybody getting mad at me, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's still being contested. Um, you heard it yeah. here first. Alicia says that the Pupusas are Honduran and the Salvador and, and El Salvador took it from them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, installment of the greatest food podcast in the history of the world ever. The number one, self-proclaimed number one greatest food podcast of all time, Recipe Club, with the greatest wedgie guest we've ever had. By far and away, our best. Obama impersonator extraordinaire, baker extraordinaire. Greatest baker of all time, Brian Ford. <laughs> yes. Oh, what an introduction, man. It gets better every time. Uh, and, I'm glad and, to be and, here. And, and Chris Yang. <laughs> and, and, my, and my so-so co-host, Chris Yang. <laughs> Can you tell me what the rules are for Recipe Club and what are we talking about today? Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, here on Recipe Club, we tend to debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. Today, and this season, we've been tackling fan-submitted recipes. This week's theme was quesadilla, and this week's recipe was uh, a little skewed because Brian made a very specific request for a very specific kind of quesadilla that we were going to make. But um, Gene, I, I, I knew nothing. <laughs> you guys have to give me some 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 information here. Feels like a little bit like. Uh, when we would film Ugly Delicious on Netflix, Morgan Neville and Chris Ying to all their infinite wisdom would be would give me false information. So I thought I thought during the draft you were there and I and I explained a little bit of what I don't remember. He was also anything. very confused during the draft. He also did not. We also did not give him the full picture so Brian, of the draft. Truth, truth be told, I would go into uh, traveling around the world with an Ugly Delicious without knowing anything. <laughs> because they would want a fresh take because mm. otherwise I would do the homework and I would study and I would overprepare and nothing would be a, a good, you know, documentary yeah. and in, yeah. uh, reaction. Unlike all those other shows that just sort of fake the shit out of everything. Fact. Not in mine. <laughs> hey, not in mine. I, I do a similar approach. This is true with Brian's show. But I was, uh, I'm just preface, fair warning. I knew nothing. <laughs> I tried to find information. I had nothing. Um, here, here's the ingredients. That's all I knew. It was simply <laughs> make this. And legitimately, I thought I was getting punked. <laughs> and then Brian was just fucking with me. I cannot wait. Did you not? Did you get the recipe in Spanish? Or how did you receive the recipe? What was your? Uh... He got the recipe. I think he got like a Google Translate version of it. But this has been okay. Dave is so not what lying. Yeah, this I'm is not true. Lying. I just got quesadilla and the ingredients. I, I remember um, sending an email where I was like, hey, guys, you want me to translate this for you? And you're like, nah, it'll be more fun if you don't. And I'm like, OK, well, that was that was me. <laughs> Just you're, you're making Dave's point, which is that I like to be a little bit of an agent of chaos. And I thought I'd be more fun if we don't give a translation. What's the point of giving a translation? I want to read it in the original text. <laughs> or in Dave's case, just not even all the text. Dave's not. OK, yes, it is. This better. was like a Mad Lib. We get a better we get a better scene out of Dave when we're shooting television when he's not just like trying to go in with a script. Yeah. In our defense, Dave Chang's not a isn't isn't going to win an Oscar for script reading anytime soon. I think you would admit that, Dave. <laughs> so he's better natural, 
And and in this case, we've been doing the but but in our defense, this whole season on Recipe Club, we've been doing this. Like I haven't known, we haven't seen a picture of anything before we've cooked it. And but like, this that's one was been extreme. Crazy. This, this was one extreme. was extreme. It this was, was extreme. Um, sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, extreme. And not to not to spoil anything, but like one of the major extremes of this was like no picture, no idea what it looks like, and no cooking time. <laughs> so it's just oh, the cook like, time was fun. Stick it in there, and when it's done, <laughs> I, take again, it out. I I don't know anything about anything. And if you tell me quesadilla, I'm thinking about the yes. quesadilla that many people understand. That is, I the, was whole very point. That is the point, though. That is I the was point. very surprised at, at this right. recipe. Well, so, okay, so let's let's let's. What we're, was we're the gonna, recipe? Get... What, what was the what was the draft pick? Number quesadillas. one. Quesadillas. Okay. <laughs> quesadilla. I I followed the rules. I followed the rules. You very much followed the rules. Is, is this is this? What, I don't know what it is in English, Chris. When it's like um, a pair, right? P A I R, or it could be. P-E-A-R. It's a, a homonym. Is, it, is this a homonym? <laughs> this is a homonym. No, this is this is uh this is the same spelling. This is like a this is like cognitive dissonance. This is like when you you try to you you take a sip of your drink expecting Coke and you get Sprite. Is what this this one yes. was. But let's take care of a little bit. Let's do a little housekeeping real quick. I just wanted I wanted to mention Brian that you have found your people. In our Discord server, man, because oh, yeah. Martha from the Hawaiian rep, uh, Hawaiian roll rep episode is on there, and there are, are people making these goddamn from scratch Hawaiian rolls, man. <laughs> you got a baking community on the Discord, and people the are, Discord are is fun. It. The Discord is fun. <laughs> they are they are they are getting after it. But I am going to start my own Discord channel. <laughs> Is this not your Discord channel? It's, wait, wait, what the fuck? Doesn't, like, like, doesn't seem like it. <laughs> it's literally yours. <laughs> doesn't seem like it. I think what he means when he says he's going to start his own is he means it's just going to be him by himself oh, right. in a Discord, just yes. talking to himself, disagreeing <laughs> with himself, trying to steal his own identity. Um, when you do a Google search for quesadilla recipe, you get 79 million results. You only get 44,000 when you search for a Honduran quesadilla, to Brian's mm-hmm. point. We're going to be talking all about the Honduran version or the Salvadoran version. We'll get into that debate in a second. But I thought before we did that... Is this like a Jollof War? <laughs> I think it's a little bit like a Jollof War, honestly. I want yeah. to hear Brian's take on it. I think it's a little Jollof War. Yeah, it is. Before we get into it, though, I think that like Dave, most people who are downloading this quesadilla recipe are expecting a certain kind of thing. They're expecting a flour corn tortilla wrapped around some cheese or, or with cheese stuffed in it and then fried, right? Can we talk about that version of the quesadilla really quick? I know that uh, Dave and I recently debated flour versus corn on the yogurt episode, but let's talk about the other kind yeah, of quesadilla. The corn, I think it's corn all day, but that's mostly because I spent some time in Oaxaca and the, and the they make the corn tortillas a lot bigger than most people make corn tortillas, uh, or at least most American people are used to corn tortillas being kind of that, uh, I don't know, five inch diameter situation. But in Oaxaca, they make them really big and time, they put time, time, time out. What? Time out. Chris, can you pronounce tortillas? Uh, tor- <laughs> tor- tor- tortilla. Yeah. Can you pronounce it as if you were a native Spanish speaker? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Tor- tortilla? Yes. Tortilla. Tortilla. Oh, beautiful. Tortilla. Both of you. That's amazing. Tortilla. Barcelona. Well, no, I don't, we don't, I don't play that, the whole, that thing. Tortilla. No, we don't, tortilla. We don't, tortilla. 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 
tortilla de maíz o tortilla de harina? See, that's all I can say accurately. We're talking about the eggs and potato and onion tortilla, the original tortilla, right? Oh, that, that tortilla. But see, that's, look, you're talking about that dissonance, like, that's pretty similar. In Argentina, there's tortillas that are that baked egg, mm-hmm. potato, uh, casserole, hey, or Brian, Spain. And it's, for the record, it's pronounced Argentina, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had to say the word out loud, but it's Argentina. Argen, Argentina. Ar- so, Argentina. But, okay, so Brian, you were saying, though, like this is uh, most corn tortillas in America. <laughs> don't be scared. <laughs> don't have fear. That's the slowest pronunciation of tortilla most of all time. Tortillas. Wait, no, wait, Dave, tortilla. say Oaxaca. Dave, say Oaxaca. Oaxaca. Why no, 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 say Oaxaca. Tortilla. He's like Fozzie Bear. He's just waka, waka, waka. It's the... Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, no, no. I think the quesadilla... No, they're smaller, right? They're smaller yeah, here? Yeah, they're typically smaller here, but uh, it was nice to see really big corn tor- tortillas and quesillo and squash blossoms grilled on the comal. That, I mean, that's that's the quesadilla that I think a lot of um, most people in Oaxaca eat, and I, I enjoy that. Um, the Tex-Mex Taco Tuesday situation at Applebee's is more the, like, flour tortilla with sour cream, guacamole, steak, and, you know whatever, whatever, cut into four triangles. Now, the tone of your voice suggests to me that you you wouldn't fuck with the Applebee's uh, oh, chicken I quesadilla. Oh, I most definitely would. I <laughs> love them. I eat them. I ain't gonna play. They're just good. It's good. Okay, it's, okay. I mean, it's I just meat, it's meat uh, sour cream. You know what I mean? It, it tastes great. I mean, I'm not Mexican, so I don't get a, I don't get that offended by it. Uh-huh. Um, you know Is what I mean? sour so, cream or queso? Uh, uh, what, what would they call it? In crema. 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 Yeah. Crema. See? Chris, crema. Crema. Not crema. Applebee's. You, you, think, you think Applebee's gets crema from their purveyor or, you know what I mean? Like, nah. Nah, man. Sorry, Applebee's. My bad, Applebee's. I ain't mean to come at y'all like that. If, the, if yeah, Applebee's They're still eating good in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, you know. Chang, where do you stand on the... I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're, you're going to say the, the, the version that Brian described in Oaxaca, that's, that's the most delicious one, with, whether it's with squash blossoms and Oaxaca, queso Oaxaca. Uh, I'm not going to front. Like, I don't know shit about... <laughs> Latin American food for the most part. Like, I eat it. It's delicious. But to, for me to say anything, no. And it's okay to say I don't know. How can anybody know? If you recall the, uh, one of the recipe clubs where we were cooking with uh, some ingredient, I can't remember what it was. Brian had no idea what the fuck it was. But for no. like a Korean person, it was quite natural and normal. So it, it's I think okay it was, not um, to know. I actually, shit, I wish I knew what it was. You know what it was? It was, um, it was you bought dashi packets. Yes, in, exactly. When we did the eggs, I yeah. didn't even know how to use it. How can you know? It, it's a, it would be a, the same as you can't speak every language in the world. I mean, yeah, that's a far-fetched example. But how can you know? How can well, I mean, you? David, you like, I mean, I know for a fact that like half the time when I'm being lectured in some article about like the authentic version of something, I know for a fact the first time that writer had it was one day ago. <laughs> so yeah. like, why am I getting the lecture? You didn't know this shit yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm sure someone's how the fuck could you not know? I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're, that's your first thought, like, I can't believe. What a fake chef. What a, what a joke. I'm like, yes, you're right on that end. But also like, fuck you, because you don't know fucking shit. <laughs> I second all of those thoughts. It's always good when you can come after the audience. <laughs> yeah. On no, a rhetorical question that they weren't even allowed to answer. It's, and then it's always good when this you is can, psychological. Um, it's always good when you can imagine some kind of affront that they are saying to themselves and then yell at them for it. That's Why am I listening to this guy? I thought they were professionals. I thought they knew everything. I didn't know Buffalo Bill was a listener to Recipe Club. <laughs> Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> 
I said, oh, put man. the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> anyway, I do think, um, I do think that the sort of standard white flour tortilla, tortilla, with like there you go. Mexican cheese blend from the grocery store mm. is the. Uh, maybe I'll be get in trouble for this. I feel like that's the official food of white girls everywhere. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> quesadilla. Honestly, I'm sorry, but like, I've never met a white girl who didn't love a <laughs> like a standard flour quesadilla. Come on now. I, I don't know if I should comment on this, but you know it's true. I I think that <laughs> this is where the politician in me has to come. I mean, of course, white people love that. White people love to eat flour tortilla. Mission brand, by the way. They never get in a mission uh, brand deal. Never. Mission. It tastes like cardboard. And then just like heat that up with the cheese so it barely melts and put uh, extra guac guac on top and mm. uh, and call it a day. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, like the... What is Mexican about Colby, Pepper Jack, and Cheddar mixed together? <laughs> I know, right? Can the someone blenders? tell me what's absolutely, Mexican about that? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. It might be some Tex-Mex. There's a large fast food chain that has probably skewed the view of 80% of Americans on what Mexican food is supposed to be. And I, I think, you, you know, we're dealing with like major corporate interests here. So this is a long, long uh, conversation about explaining, long explanation of explaining what Chris did to white girls, quote unquote. I, those are his words. White girls. Those were his in words. The case. Yeah, the, not mine. I was just making and not it. Brian Ford. Just to, for the record, audience, <laughs> not mine and not Brian Ford. This was Chris Yance. When I'm we were saying. talking negatively, we left it anonymously to a group of people between Brian Ford and myself. <laughs> and then Dave went so far as to defend them. He went so far as to be like, listen, it's okay if you don't know. Yeah. Just to throw me under. I did say that white people love uh, flour tortillas with melted uh, Mex four cheese Mexican blends from the grocery store. And I, I do think that that is a fact. I, 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 just, I, you know, <laughs> I think that I think that they do love that. And I hope that my bad, y'all. If, if you don't like it, if you don't like it, prove it to me. Uh, anyway, does anybody have anything to say though on the on the before we move into the Honduras? <laughs> I mean, I, what I don't understand is, fuck, let me out of this moment. I gotta get out. Of this. Get out! Get out! Just run! Just get out! Where, how did we get here? I don't know, but I'm trying to get out, man. <laughs> Chris Yates, we've done a lot of bit. episodes. I don't think we've ever reached this point of contention ever. And again, I just want the everyone to know, Brian Ford. And myself, David Chang, have nothing to do with this conversation that Chris Ying has happened. <laughs> nothing. 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 Oh Chris Ying and Chris Ying alone. Chris Ying just kind of went in a different direction. <laughs> but I think it's time for him to, to, to jump out of it. The world has gone t sideways when I am, like, trying to get us on top of it. <laughs> All right? Dave is just like, these guys are fucked up. Is there, do you have, does anybody have anything, before we move into the Honduran quesadilla, does anybody have any sort of, like, Firm ground rules about making this other type we're talking about. When you're pan frying a quesadilla, is there any practice, just for the listeners who are expecting something about flour tortillas and quesadillas, like you have a, a, a ground rule for how you make a quesadilla at home? Uh, for really corn tortilla, home. just a hot cast iron. If you're using the flour, a little bit of butter, maybe. That's about it. Dave's not a quesadilla maker. I mean, if anything, I'll do my breakfast thing for Hugo. I crack an egg in the skillet first with some cheese, and then I put a tortilla on top. Tortilla, 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 on top. tortilla. And then, and then it's almost like a you know um, something that's more Chinese, I guess. But I think in college, I made a lot of those white girl quesadillas, <laughs> according to Chris. <laughs> but in general, I don't. And if I do want something melty and cheesy, again, forgive me. I'll put it in the microwave first. But I, I'm not. 
I'm not usually a quesadilla kind of person at at home. I will tell you, I grew up eating quesadillas, though. That uh, flour tortilla with cheese, chicken, you know, green peppers, onions, some jalapenos with the, you know, the sour cream and, and really bad salsa. Uh, while playing golf, uh, if you go to any sort of country club type of thing, that's as oh, yeah. that's like the international club sandwich when you yeah. go to a a golf club. Hmm. And I grew up eating that. And if you really wanted, it would go oh, three options: the beef, the chicken, the shrimp. Mm-hmm. Shrimp being yeah. the most expensive. Yeah, of course. Of course, they get that high quality shrimp. So they got to be a premium and, on and that there, shrimp. The, the thing is, it's extremely delicious. You get textural crunch. You have the fat. There's a lot of umami from the cheese. You, you mm-hmm. know, like you got the spice. It's a little bit of everything. It's not so dissimilar to why pizza is universally loved. It's a, it's, it's a textural contrast. It's balanced in flavors and salt and bitterness, acidity, fat, umami, sweetness. It's the whole package. So again, we can talk shit about quesadillas or at least the American version as much as you like, because I don't even know. I've never had a quesadilla in Mexico. Hmm. Have you? I have. They're delicious. But, yeah. but to your pizza point, I don't want to rehash this debate again, because the three of us have had this. But to the pizza point, <laughs> I think the version you described, Dave, the, the chicken steak or shrimp with mm-hmm. guacamole and sour cream, like that's achievable at home. You can make that. No 100%. problem. Anybody can make that. But I think if you're going to make the Mexican one, with like an actual, it's on, it's on a corn, on a corn tortilla with like fresh masa, with like whether it's like wheat lacoche or squash Ooh, blossoms or whatever's yeah. in there, mm-hmm. with like queso Oaxaca mm-hmm. done on a comal, like mm-hmm. that's not actually achievable at home, and like I don't want to try to make it. I think it's like better to make that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I agree. I actually agree. I agree. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm not going to jump through those hoops. This is a random thing, Brian and Chris. I love your sort of gut assessment for all the the quesadillas, the the white. American version of a quesadilla, according to Chris Yang. I'm not even going to talk about Stop. the gender. It's just right. They're just the WGQs down, yes. right? The sort of Americanized version. How many do you think in the history of the world since America's been invented, where people have been eating and making quesadillas at home? What do you think the number is? Less than five. Less than five million quesadillas that were with corn ever oh. made at home. At, at home. home. At home, less than 5 million in the totality of all quesadillas (laughs) that's ever been made at home. Less than 5 million have been made that were with corn. We're excluding Mexican households Mm. and Latin American households. Just Yeah. We can do this. You want to do this real quick? Here's how we do this. I Googled this question the other day. How many dinosaurs lived at the same time? I wanted to know the world population of dinosaurs. (laughs) And they were like, this UC Berkeley article was like, at any given time, there were 2,500 <laughs> Tyrannosaurus rexes. Times the number of years that those Tyrannosaurus rexes were around. Over the course of history, there were 2.5 billion T-rexes in existence. So how many times has an average household made a corn quesadilla that's not a Mexican household? I would say, on average, across, across America, 0.1 times in a lifetime. Are, are you actually looking this up? No, I'm just I'm saying this shit. I'm beautiful minding this the shit. The only time it happens is when you run out of flour tortillas and you find the old bag of little corn tortillas dried up in <laughs> oh, the back. You found it. I've, you found I've been there before. That's the only time it happens. That's I've been true. there. When you make, you want to make a quesadilla, you walk in the kitchen and there's no flour tortillas and you find a little corn one. It's just it's it doesn't hit the same because it's just a bagged corn tortilla. But yeah, yeah I'm going under. I, I'm go, I'm taking the under here, guys. And basically from 1950 on, right? 
the under that less than five million. Listen, I, I, I think that if we had some physicist genius here, you know, Richard Dawkins, whatever the fuck, they'd all be like, yeah, of course, Dave's right here because I don't need a mathematical model when my no. brain is doing it for me naturally. <laughs> it basically, I can't even tell you why and how. I feel very confident that in the totality of quesadillas has ever made, that war, corn, less than five million have ever been made here in America. Sands, <laughs> a Latin American population. Yeah, I think that, I th- well, you said since the, since the history of the Americas? Yeah, history. Less America. than five million since the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not get into all that because that that's going to open up a whole situation. But f- just less than five million. I mean, wheat was introduced in in like fifteen hundred, fourteen, fifteen hundred, and it wasn't that stable compared to the to, to the use of corn. So, I, I guess you're saying non-native people, right? Non-Mexican, non-native. For making corn quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Well, I thought that's what he said since the beginning of America. Dude, there's some revisionist history, and I know they want to be woke. <laughs> Zero pilgrims were not eating corn quesadillas. No. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were eating, man. To be completely honest with you, I don't know what they was eating, but I know we were talking about the pilgrims, man. You you talking about just like people with like households that go to the grocery store? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Let's just make it a blanket statement. <laughs> Anyone that's a not non Native American or non like Latin, we're talking about the forty lo, lower forty eight, okay? Got or you. just the 50 okay. states since the inception, which is basically what 1600s on for the most part, uh, less than 5 million <laughs> corn quesadillas have ever been made at home. That's probably, yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. true. It's very I'm rare. Just saying it's, I'm not, right. it's, not people, it's not, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm right. <laughs> you're probably, you're probably right. right. Listen, you don't have to be John fucking Ash to have a beautiful fucking mind about this. This is my one specialty, <laughs> my one superpower, my one mathematical superpower I have is to calculate the approximation of the guesstimate of corn tortilla quesadillas made in the world here in America since the 1600s. It's true. It's unimpeachable. You got, you take this guy to a county fair, he'll tell you how many jelly beans are in the jar and how many corn quesadillas have been made in the history of America. This guy's always within, he's always within 1%. Man. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles. 
because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. We got we got a lot of we got a lot of submissions. We got a lot of regional submissions for this recipe. There was a a danping quesadilla, kind of like the one my dad makes that we had last season. We had a flamkuchen quesadilla. There was a scallion pan quesadilla. But Brian, you asked for this and you got it. Yep. Tell us why you chose this one. Why you requested the Honduran version of a quesadilla? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously Honduran, so I don't know <laughs> how much I got to explain. <laughs> no, I'm playing with you. Uh, no, I mean, I, that, when I heard quesadilla growing up for the first time, it was this. It was not. It was not the other way around. So that I think, and that lasted. That lasted a while, basically, till I got to school. When I got the school lunches, and then one day it was quesadillas, and I was confused. I didn't have many Mexican friends at the time uh, in that part of New Orleans. I went to a public school as like mostly black and white people, and like a small group of Hispanics and there were other schools that were like super Hispanic. Um, but because we lived, I didn't go to those. So yeah, I was like, yo, guess a yes for lunch. That don't make sense, but that's cool. Like let's do it. And then I get to lunch and I'm like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? So, cause you know, I thought it was a baleada, which in Honduras is a, is a flour tortilla with beans and hard cheese and crema folded up coconut milk tortilla. And my mom, so I was like two levels of confused. I was like, one, this is not a quesadilla. Two, it's not about yeah. So I don't know what they're doing folding up this thing with the cheese. I ate it. It was good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it cannot be good. So I go <laughs> home and, and that cannot be good. Even the school lunch ones, man. Even like a dude. If I went to a school lunch right now and ate their quesadilla, like Mexican style, <laughs> it would probably be good. Like I would probably eat the whole thing. Like if you went to a school and just like took a kid's lunch and ate it, just no, bullied whoa, it. Whoa, hey, 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 Chris. How you saying? You were saying. No, I I absolutely did not say that, Chris Ying. Wow, you're coming in kind of kind of hot today, man. I'm just trying to t- t- deflect the attention from my white girl shit. Oh, uh, but I think you just double dipped in controversy. Uh, no, uh, no. But anyway, my mom was like, "Yeah," she explained to me, you know. Uh, and obviously, growing older and learning more, meeting new people, obviously, this kind of quesadilla is eaten in Mexico. But no, in Honduras, my mom every holiday. Sometimes a little special treat on a random weekend, she would make this quesadilla, which is, uh, it's a very simple baked good. It's got really strong, hard Honduran cheese, which is called queso duro. If you don't use it, you're basically, it's like if you try to make a loaf of bread and you didn't use flour. It's just like, you're, like you're, you, you, you have to use a queso duro because it really does give it a, 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 a unique flavor after it gets baked. Topped with sesame seeds, um, creamed with butter. My mom uses milk and oil. That's yeah. That's why I picked it, man. It's nostalgia, pure, purely nostalgia. So the 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 quesadilla that you were <laughs> you grew up with, the one that was completely unknown to Dave and myself, mm-hmm. is has nothing to do with tortillas. There's no tortillas in here. Mm-mm. It's a cake. It's a yes. cake based with with a little the addition of hard cheese, top of sesame. It's sweet and it's I think eaten kind of as like a late breakfast between breakfast and lunch kind of snack. Is that is that? Yeah, just eating, eating whenever. I mean, it's a snacking cake. Yeah, it's eating whenever, man. It's good with a cup of coffee in the morning. Good, good, good. After lunch, when you want a little nibble, you know what I'm saying? Uh, All right. 
Our listener, uh, Alicia Weddell, wrote in, Hola, my name is Alicia, and I'm a proud Hondureña living in Toronto. I have my abuela's cookbooks from the 60s and 70s and found the two recipes for quesadillas that she used over and over again. They're in Spanish, but super easy, Dave style, like no steps, pretty much. Would love to see my fellow catracho. Brian, make one of these or a version of them. Brian, what's a catracho? Catracho. That's that's the that's like a kind of our nickname, Hondurans. Los somos catrachos. That's like our. It's like um, every like a lot of Latin American countries have like a name like that. Uh, you know, we're catrachos. That's what it is. That's a good one, man. Oh, it's dope. Los I catrachos. Something. <laughs> I, I'm. I got nothing. So Brian just sort of gave the the, the description of of what this thing is. We should get into. Let's get into the actual experiences here, and I think. Brian, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'll start you off. I mean, I I saw the cookbook, which is super dope. And I was like, all right, like, I'm going to, I can make one. You know what I mean? I've learned how to make it the way my mom makes it. I did, a, I did a version of this for my first show on Magnolia, which was like all tricked out with raspberries and all this kind of thing. But I wanted to honor this cookbook because it looks super dope. In fact, I want to buy it. So I followed it to the T. I, didn't, I, I made like one small deviation at the end. I noticed right away it, it, there was no milk or anything like that. There's no oil to keep it moist. And the butter to sugar ratio, I think, was one to one, which is fine. It was creamy. I had a suspicion it would be dry. I, I, and, I, and I used, okay, I did, it said to use flour. Didn't specify what kind, so I used cake flour because I, mm. I, I had some cake flour. Bake time, I, I, I assumed the bake time was about 30 minutes because it doesn't specify a bake time. Uh, roughly 400 degrees in the oven was about right. Super simple steps. Um, it was dry. It was dry. It came out dry for me. It tasted good, though. I think it could have used more queso duro as well, which is the hard crumbled up uh, cheese. Um, and like I mentioned before, like when my mom made it, she would use milk. She would also add some vegetable oil to it, uh, which creates a little bit more of a creamy texture inside of a baked good. The whipped eggs was interesting. It made it very light. It was a very, very light cake. Um, but it just it just was a little dry for me, man. I was... I was wanting it to be perfectly delicious. It tasted fine. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's an old school recipe, super simple. It took like five minutes to put together. And I baked it with sesame seeds on top as well. So is the is the ideal okay, so here's the before we get to Dave's <laughs> just explain to me what the sort of ideal texture of this is. Like what is what is the perfect version of this quesadilla like? Because I, I it's is it is it supposed to be just like a light moist cake? Is that what it's supposed to be? Chasing? You know, uh, I think the perfect version is more of a hybrid between like um like a New York cheesecake in terms of that creamy that velvetiness. That's what I was hoping for. As, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. Kind of like a, a New York. In fact, I called it a, a Honduran cheesecake, basically, to kind of like get Magnolia Network on board. I was like, <laughs> we can do, you know, because it, it's all about it's all about you know semantics, right? So yeah, I mean, I think it's more like a cheesecake meets like a fudge brownie in terms of just like the gooiness that you want. So Fuck, more fat, there needs to be more fat. And then the, and the fat from the milk also helps as well. So yeah, it's supposed to be a lot more gooey and rich, but you know, it, it is what it is. Dave, now knowing what this quesadilla is and is supposed to be, how close did you get to um, the platonic ideal? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I, I had legitimately no idea what was happening. I, I had no idea that, um, you know, one of my good friends growing up came from Honduras and um, I never had this at their house, 
but granted, like I never, they never really fed me anything other than I would have like sliced avocado sometimes, you know, and, and rice, you know, as a kid. Wait, what? I, I mean, oh, I was a kid. I was I was literally like first grader, but I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm, I legitimately had no idea that a quesadilla could be any other form or version of what the Americanized version of a quesadilla is. So <laughs> I was extremely confused while making this. No idea what was happening. I legitimately thought that you guys were punking me. Uh, I had no idea why this was like 11 dough bread. I, I had no idea. Also, in terms of a hard cheese, I, I, I just I put Parmesan in because that was that's the only fine. thing I could find. That's actually fine. That's a that's a substitute that you would find in most recipes. So there's no there's no it's got that saltiness that that that's the point. This is the first time I've ever used a hand blender to mix in anything. And also I fucked up because I didn't temper the butter. So to blend in cold butter with a hand blender, that doesn't Ooh. work out so well. Yeah. yeah. So like while making, I was like, maybe this is uh, some story. I, I didn't know. I still didn't know. And then I baked it in any day glass container because you can. It, it can go up to like 500 degrees. And I f- forgot about it. Like I, I, I turned the oven off thinking I would get back to it. Mm. So it was like done. I didn't, I thought I was like done to the point where I was like, oh, I'll put the sesame seeds on. And then I can't remember what happened, but I, I like left and it came mm-hmm. back an hour later. It was still <laughs> moist on the bottom. It, it didn't taste bad. I didn't know what it was. It tasted like <laughs> cheesy, cheesy cake. So oh, it good. was like no reference point for me to understand what was happening here. How did you leaven it? It was baking powder. Oh, okay. Cool. How did you figure out it was baking powder? That's when I was doing it. I was wondering if you guys would figure it out. Because Royale clearly, oh, okay, yeah, is baking. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's true. It's, no, yeah, I heard Ro- that Royale was like a brand of baking powder or yeah, something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. why I just used it. So, and I might have added a little bit too much baking powder because the top sort of blew off. What's it called, Brian? When you're baking something and the top just like double, like cracks out the top. <laughs> Uh, I think I just called it that when you when yeah. the, the top cracks out you at the top. Does that happen? Like what does that happen? What does that well, happen? It could, it could dry out, or the, yeah, I mean, if you're doing like a cake, I mean, I'm no cake baking expert, but you you have too much leavening in it. It's not supposed to like you're not supposed to get it to bust up that much, uh, or it could be dry. You like expect the surface area of the cake to stop it, but then the cake inside busts out. Or te- or temp or bake you baked it at too high of a temperature. That's also well. possible. All of those things could be true, right? Um, all except that I would say the one thing I would say that it wasn't was not it was dry because even though the top got a little bit hard, it was still moist. So I don't know if it was dry. I think that it might have been too much leavening, but it wasn't so much that it tasted because if you had too much baking powder or baking soda, it tastes like uh, lye. It tastes um, mm-hmm. L Y E. It tastes uh, yeah. like soap. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, not like so, cilantro soap. I hate that idea. Whoever came up with the expression, cilantro tastes like soap. Yeah, I hate that. So I stupid. Hate I hate it so much. <laughs> I cannot stand that. I, I just, I don't believe that that's true. Who I think people say it, it just like to say soap. it. Dude, Go. so many people say that. So many people say that. And I think they say it just to say it. Because there's no way cilantro How tastes like soap. How the fuck do they know what soap tastes like? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, what is, okay, so this is like, this is interesting though. <laughs> Whether or not you left it in the oven or not, or left it in for too long, it's kind of rare that you get like an opportunity to taste something completely blind, devoid of context, no idea what it's going to be, 
whether it's supposed to be a breakfast, a lunch, a dessert, a sweet, whatever. What was, was your so experience of it? I was so confused. <laughs> it was like that confusion, you know, like I was on drugs or something. I was like, I didn't know what was happening. I was so fucking confused. I didn't know what I was making. I was still perplexed <laughs> that it was called a quesadilla. And then I made a, a cheesy cake, you know, that was semi, semi sweet. Yeah. It was like an adult version of a cake. Were you even able to say, like, if you like the taste or not? Can you even, when you don't have, you have no idea? We ate it. We ate it, but it was more like it would have helped if I knew what the fuck I was making. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and this goes into sort of like a priori knowledge of food. Like, you know, again, this this debate that I, you know, longer story between Farhan Adjia and uh, Juan Mirarzak of, do you need to know something beforehand? when you taste something for it to be good, or is it only good because you had the context for it to be good? I think mm. both things are true there, right? right? And I'm, I'm not to, yeah. fucking Rene Descartes or some motherfucker like that, because clearly my Miller Brown, my philosophy professor was like, you should not be listening to him about this. He can't even pronounce a priori knowledge correctly. <laughs> so I'm just simply saying like, I don't know, but it was interesting to me because had I had some context, I think I would have found it more delicious. Did I think it was delicious in and of itself? And I have to ask myself, even if I made it properly, like it was perfect, I had an idea what it was, right? Like I, I could even see in my mind a, a, a platonic version of like the best, even though it's asinine for me to say that I could imagine what the best version of this was, sure. thing was, would it be like, oh my God, would it be like eating a piece of bacon? Would it be mm -hmm. like eating a piece of otoro? for the first time or a perfectly ripe Mandarin, you know, these moments where you just taste something like fuck. And that truthful answer for me is that the answer is no, it would just taste like cake, but not like a transcendent cake. Yeah. And that was it. I don't think it reaches that level of tasting without any knowledge about it, that it was going to be fucking like, holy fuck. <laughs> first of all, it's very interesting <laughs> that you, that list of objectively delicious things you know, I wonder if even, even if those are subject to like, if you've never had for sure, for sure, like Otoro Tuna, somebody who, well, like, no, I'm talking like a pri it's like a prime number almost, you know, right, what I mean? right, something, like the natural yeah. order of deliciousness, a perfectly ripe Mandarin, like a perfectly honey. ripe mango, honey, like you, when humans tasted honey for the first time, I'm like, fuck, we got no, but this is, this is, this gets to the, like cuts to the, the crux of it. Cause like this was Brian, your experience too. It's like, you didn't know another quesadilla. Like this was quesadilla to you. Like this was it. And like, when it comes to like what we like and don't like, there are academic papers published on that. Like things that we find disgusting are not like inborn tastes. Like most of that is informed by culture, religion, whatever, like society, the people around you, the kid next to you telling you like what you're eating looks gross. Like all of that stuff conspires to make it that way. When I tasted this for the first time, <laughs> I also was like, it was very confusing. Like I, I, I knew, I knew what we were getting into. Like I had a little bit more background, like, you know, after you had mentioned Honduran quesadillas in the beginning, like I had looked that up. I was expecting something. I will say, you know, like it, mine was dry. Mm -hmm. I also thought like, I also guesstimated the cook time. I also had a work call that <laughs> took me away for six minutes longer than I should have been away from the cake. So mine was pretty dry, but like tasting a semi-sweet, very umami, a little salty cake and imagining a version of it that was like a little moist or a little bit more like you were describing, mm -hmm. Brian, like a cheesecake. I was like, damn, that would be good. But like in the moment, I was kind of like Dave, where I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if this, this is, is good. It. Yeah. 
And here's the here's the funny experiment though, to like just cap it all off. I had a very similar experience to Dave's. I didn't know what I was thinking. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I didn't know if I liked it or not. I didn't know if the, the real version was better. So I gave some to my two-year-old and he did a little dance on the table. <laughs> it was like super into this like salty umami sweet thing. And I think like yeah. there is something fundamentally there too. Like he's got no conceptions whatsoever and the dude doesn't eat anything and he loved this. So yeah. But now, nah, I mean, to answer all of those thoughts, I mean, it's got it's got to be super moist and creamy inside. It needs some kind of it needs extra fat from milk. It needs extra fat from possibly some vegetable oil. You could even use olive oil. I mean, like you ever have like a good olive oil cake where it's just like you can tell there's a bunch of oil in it and it's mm-hmm. moist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't actually like olive oil cakes, but I was using it as an example because you probably know what it is. But that's the level of of concentration of moistness that it's supposed to have. This. This one was particularly dry to me. I mean, it was like, it was just like a generic baseline white cake with a little bit of crumbled cheese in it. And and that's my, that's like, that's as harsh as I'll get on it because I don't want to go too hard on on the, you know, the 1960s cookbook and a little more cheese. I think it needs a little more cheese. So you think it needs, okay, that's interesting. Cause I, I use, I also substitute Parmesan cheese. I think I got Mm. the rest right. Just listening to what you're saying. Cause I didn't translate my version at all. The one thing I didn't do. So when it says like, beat the eggs until espumosas like yeah how, how whipped are these supposed to be just foamy right i got it super i use the i use my mixer with the whisk attachment i wasn't about to do all that because i mean it's like when you have to make a meringue and you need to make stiff peaks like i'm like i'm not about to get a whisk and do that so i popped them into the um to the mixer with the whisk attachment and they got super they got foamy but the other the other interesting thing so i spoke to alicia who who sent this recipe and the other thing that she said to me was like when they say when this recipe this honduran recipe calls for mantequilla which is translated as as, as butter just like butter right like she was like that's not really what grandma used grandma didn't use margarine probably <laughs> my mom would use country crock tub uh what's it what's that called margarine or whatever i can't believe it's not butter i uh, yeah that that's the greatest yeah, name of all time doug that's all you know we had the cheap stuff so my mom because used it's that. not <laughs> it's, it's it's simply not butter <laughs> it's, I can't not believe simply, it's not <laughs> from the makers i can't believe it's not butter comes simply not butter simply it's just simply not <laughs> Those commercials kind of took over the game when it first came out, though, man. I mean, I can't believe it. Not butter was like that was some crazy stuff. I didn't even understand the point because I was not old enough to understand that we weren't supposed to eat butter for some reason, but we were supposed to well, eat we this had it. shit. We had it in the house. Yeah. By the way, Chris Yang, I was dead wrong. I, I was just thinking about Miller Brown yelling at me. It was not Rene Descartes. It was Emmanuel Kant. Neither <laughs> <laughs> one. Neither one did you have a grasp of it. I can't pronounce it. What a. Wait, just really on that country crock tip, though, we also had like a big ass tub of it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like a big old brown tub of it. Big brown tub that my the parents would reuse for a hundred years. Yeah, man. <laughs> but like, I love the whole campaign was like butter. That's bad for you. You know what's good for you? A big ass tub of partially like, hydrogenated good old oil. That's what's good for you. Nah, man. Nah. Uh, Brian, make the make two cases for me. Make the case that listeners should make this recipe or some version of the Honduran quesadilla and then give us a, just a broader case for if we don't if people don't know like what are the Honduran dishes that we need to be eating had to start off with the, my most Honduran version of myself uh of course man case number one I'm writing a whole book about Latin American baking so of course I want people to to bake 
look, at the end of the day, there's many things you can do to this recipe. I think you should use some milk in there. I think you should use a little bit more oil, try a little more butter. Um, but yeah, experiment with different Latin American baked goods. Try to try to achieve like, you know, the first time I made a croissant, it was, it was a piece of garbage, right? It, it was it was just it was not what it was supposed to be. I had no frame of reference. I had no idea, blah, blah, blah. Over time, yeah, sure, I could make one that's really good. So if you apply that same mindset to baking from other countries, then, you know, Dave, like you might not know what's going on, but, and I know that you have no desire to continue to improve your baking or whatever, but if you did, you could get to a point where you could make it phenomenal. That's the only case I would make. It's like, of course, number two, baleadas. That's the national dish of Honduras. If you haven't had a baleada, I strongly recommend you drop everything that you're doing and find a baleada immediately. If you're in New York, go to the Bronx or Jackson Heights. Uh, I actually don't know in LA uh, where the Hondureños are. I'm sure they're there. Um, I don't know, uh, Chris, you're in San Francisco, right? Where are you at again? I'm in Oakland. I'm sure I can Oakland. find a baleada somewhere. You could find, yo, get you a baleada, refried beans, crema, queso, some chorizo or some steak or something like that. Coconut milk tortilla. Uh, pollo chuco. Pollo chuco is like a classic fried chicken dish. Uh, chuleta frita with platanos with repollo. Several, several, several dishes. Like, I want to find a way to make, the, I want to make like a, the Taco Tuesday of Honduran food one day. Like, that's like my goal. Like, how can I get everyone to just like eat? Hey, it's Tuesday. Like, call up Jim and Chris. We're going to get tacos. Like, how I get Jim and Chris to eat baleadas? Like, that's the mission. That's the goal. Don't it's love like, me with Jim, that motherfucker. Oh, my too. bad, Chris. I just was using the generic name. I forgot you had that. I, I mean, my name's Brian, so it's not like it's not like I'm talking that much trash. Chris, Brian, and Dave here. You know, if you didn't, if you couldn't see us, if people couldn't see us and never seen us before, they might think we're something that we're not. You know, Chris, Brian, and Dave here. I think, I think though, for, for this recipe, for the listener, and just for it to be more accepted, it's a tasty cake. Mm-hmm. But I think the name is going to, um, it's like trying to rename something that is already deeply ingrained in the psyche of people. 100%. It's like trying to, it's like trying to give people free health care in this country. It just ain't going to work. You can't change it now, man. It's just not going to work, man. It is what it is. No, just, but, but it's true. Because when I pitched this out, when I did... I did an episode of a show. They were just like, yeah, we just have to call it something else because people ain't going to know what you're talking about. And we just we can't play that game. I'll, I'll give you an example, too, that is from my uh, motherland. I was filming something in Korea with a bunch of people that I won't name who because it's embarrassing for them. But, you know, I was trying to explain to them what Tok was. Right. We're in a Korean market. And somebody says, why don't you just call it? I was like, it's very similar to Japanese mochi. And they said, why don't you just call it mochi? And I said, fuck you. Because <laughs> it's, it's not. But to the rest yeah. of the world, you know, you eat mochi ice cream and all these things. But if you started calling it dog, you know, and, and, and it's not even a remotely similar comp because quesadilla is so entrenched. Right. People are still learning what mochi is. Yeah. And partly is do they even have the capacity to carve out one more iteration of it? And the answer yeah. is no. No. They don't. <laughs> it's no. It's a resounding no. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a large no. <laughs> no chance. So if you want to have the Honduran quesadilla popularized, you just call it a cake. And, and this is the debate that I think is interesting with people that are trying to get their cultures on a larger platform. Do you technically whitewash it so you can get to a later point where people will accept it as a quesadilla? 
or do you yeah. fight the fight and just you no, know. you gotta do you gotta do the first one. I mean, you can you gotta fight the fight, but like you know, when I wrote my first book, it's like, oh, let's make a semita de Emma. It's similar to a brioche, or like it's you know, because if I don't do that, people are just gonna be like, well, what what is this? I don't know what this is. Oh, I know what brioche. This is buttery bun. Cool, I'll make this. Now I'm at the point where I feel like I don't. I try not to do that, but I, you know, sometimes you gotta just do it. You gotta just kind of like gl- glaze time. it a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is for future generations, and I don't think we'd ever talk about it on Recipe Club, but it happens. And this is a conversation I have with a lot of sort of creatives or people that are trying to create food products and such is, do I label it as X or do I ease it in? And I can see both sides, but from my own perspective, I've seen, if you say like, let's just say it's Korean flavor short ribs, Mm. (laughs) you know, I've seen that. Now you're just going to see it as Kobe. It becomes... You can't force people to say know it now. Right. Well, it comes down to who's like, like, okay, so if Dave, you were like, if nobody knew anything about Korean food and you were trying to introduce, you, we've talked about this, you want to try to introduce, you know, Kuchijang or something, you would say, okay, I'm going to give people like a different entry point. I'm going to call this like red pepper paste or something. Mm. Or red or, dragon or, sauce. Red dragon sauce. Like <laughs> but if you saw somebody else who was not Korean deciding to whitewash it. Like that's mm, where you get yeah. into trouble. Right. Like, and, yeah. and you think about like Chinese people, like, we talk about this all the time. Like Chinese people don't give a fuck. About, this is like, a new, pot new, stickers new being take pot on stickers. this. Is that a bad thing per se? Right. For somebody that has a larger platform to then elevate Honduran quesadillas. Right. Let's just say, mm-hmm. Brian, somebody, some, some, let's just say this, some famous actor, actress that decides to become a cook and, and use their platform to sell, items from a home or something like that. Right. And all of a sudden they're like, Hey, this is a, if you saw Honduran snack and cake trending. Yeah. Or they, but they call it now. It's like, I, you know, I spent some time. I adopted a kid from Honduras, but now my, my, the, the, the thing that I'm passionate about is letting people know that there's a quesadilla. That's not a quesadilla. As you know, it, it's called a Honduran quesadilla. It's a cheesy cake, but Honduran quesadilla starts to become a thing and everyone starts putting on menus and it's a viral trend and now people are aware of it right as Honduran quesadillas now it's yeah. it's public knowledge that this is a different thing and it took somebody else is that a bad thing for no. that to happen no it's not bad at all I, it's not bad at all because i don't think the intention is ever well let me not say that because sometimes there are bad intentions in the in the blogging space or whatever but you got to just take what you can get man you know, you got to take what you can get. I mean, Honduras is a very small country with a relatively unknown baking culture or even food culture to most of American media. So it's like, if that's what if that's what I'm going to get to be able to get to the destination I'm trying to go to, then I'll take it. I ain't, I'm not going to hold. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it attention, it it's attention being paid to Honduran cuisine as opposed to, oh, I had this Honduran quesadilla in Honduras and I'm going to come back and I'm going to call it Actress X's special cake. And I made yeah, this up. That becomes tricky, of course. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? but Well, Brian and, and Chris, I want to let you guys know that this experience of working on Honduran quesadilla and the fact that I didn't know what quesadilla was or Honduran quesadilla was, I am, I'm uh, I- inspired to now only sell Honduran quesadillas. <laughs> Starting right. now. But they're called Davy Cakes. And he Davey made them up. <laughs> Our first joint venture, Davy Cakes. <laughs> or Dave, Dave and B's. Dave and B's Cake. I spent I spent one week in Honduras. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I feel <laughs> I feel a special I, connection. I, I'm gonna have a special connection that uh, 
I'm going to create a store that does uh, baletas and uh, Honduran quesadillas. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's going to invent a Honduran character to be the, the, the logo. <laughs> and I got uh, a Honduran flag on my right shoulder now. That makes me... All right. <laughs> Bring it on. Before we let Brian off the hook here, <laughs> as we wrap up, do you care to uh, wade into the Joloff war here? Because I Google, if I Google Honduran quesadilla, I get a lot of results for Salvadoran quesadilla. I mean, I, look, at the end of the day, it's the same with like pupusas. Um, you know, you could also whoa, say the same whoa, with... we're going here. We're going here, Chris. <laughs> we're doing it. No, I'm not going to... I'm not actually... Look, if you go... If you, you know, arepas, for example, Colombian, Venezuelan, even even Ecuador be trying to pop their head in, in that <laughs> one, which which they shouldn't, but they, they be trying to pull through. Uh, um, As Ecuadorian and, Wrestling Club fans <laughs> riot. <laughs> Nice Look, work, the, the, what I'm tr- the point I'm trying to say is that um, the history of our people is uh, is muddled. It's not, you know, exactly that well documented that someone can sit there and be, you know, from El Salvador or Honduras and be like, yo, like we invented this. You know what I'm saying? I it's both countries definitely share that tradition. Um, you know, pupusas. You see them a lot in El Salvador. I'm, you know, probably more so. They're probably of origination there. I don't really know though. I mean, I can't speak to what I don't know. Uh, even with all the research I do and, and stuff like that, it's, I don't like to make absolute claims, but that's, that's my involvement in the, in the, in the Chloe war. That's Kardashian it, invented the Pusa. <laughs> <laughs> Brian just took the Switzerland point of view. That's fine. That's fine. Well, I, I, because I, it's I, the only point of view I can take. I, I'm not, I, I'm just simply not that kind of person that's going to be like, yo, like, even with like, just say some like sandwiches, someone's like, Hey, Brian, what's the best sandwich? I'm like, look, I could say po' boy. I'm highly opin- opinionated. I'm from New Orleans, but like I can't sit here and just say that's the best sandwich. Like whatever, it don't matter where I'm from. I ain't gonna, I'm not. I just can't do it because it's probably well, not I'm true. I'm happy to tell you right now. I think it's right up there. Is I love po' boys. Po' boys are good. Could potentially be over, potentially be overrated. Oh, po' boys. How could it be overrated? Is, is lettuce, tomato, meat, and mayonnaise on on soft bread? I mean, it's just, it's just it's a it's a great sandwich. But that's it's a, it's the just, reason why it's it might just, be a little overrated. No, it's not overrated. What is that really overrated? Is the mufalada. That's that's well, that's yeah. It. I mean, well, there's a lot of things. If you don't like processed meat or olives, a good like, po' boy is delicious. A bad po' boy is really bad. Yeah, it's like a bad bagel or what? It's like a bad mufalada. Mufalada is like I don't understand how that became a thing. It <laughs> it became it's not a thing outside of New Orleans too. We're just like really. Nah, it should, it's 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 not. They're they're all right. They're fine. They're they're good. They're fine. But they're, I don't <laughs> like to eat cuts of meat like that like big stacks of like that's the problem it's not it doesn't eat well. i gotta distend my jaw and i have to eat it with a fork and knife no nah, no nah, the nah, ratio is nah. not good no nah. but anyway ratio. sandwich wasn't exactly the example but the point is like i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah this hunderan is a hunderan thing i understand what you're saying and i actually think i i do think you have, I, I i don't think the hunderan quesadilla will ever become will ever supplant the Mexican, Mexican-American one as the picture of a quesadilla in people's minds here. It will, Chris, because you don't I, know what, what I'm capable of. What I do love is, like, I, I love that there are, like, these, you can see the line. You can see the line between, like, Mesoamerica and Spanish yeah. colonialism, and you see how it, it affected and infected different parts of the same region, and different things happen as a result. Like, that's, I I, I, I don't think it should be all flattened. I think it's pretty beautiful to see. Well, I'm really happy we made this recipe. I'm really happy I learned. I'm really happy we could talk about this, and also... Chris's aversion to, you know, certain parts of America. Certain parts like. of. <laughs> just <laughs> just dude. didn't let you get out of it. What, what are we picking next? 
All right, next Ooh. week we we've got an episode. We got back to back Brian Ford's. Next week he's back with uh, me and John DeBerry doing a, a kind of a strange little Ritz cracker experiment. Um, we're going to share this recipe on YouTube and on the Discord server. So sign up and make this thing, make a version of it, mess around with it, and show us what you did. Check out the video version of this on Spotify. We've got a new feed called Recipe Club TV, where you're going to see all the videos that we're also posting on, on YouTube. So subscribe to the, both of those things. And Brian, you've got, let's see, one, two, three ingredients left to choose from for your next destination. Right. We've got frozen pie crusts, oxtails, and plant-based meat. I forgot about <laughs> I almost got away with just baking every single time I'm on here. Should I, should I, should I, I mean, uh, oxtail, I mean, I could, I could just, oh, you know what? Let's do a uh, plant-based meat. Let's just, let's just do plant-based meat. All right. Plant-based yeah. meat. Send in your recipes for whatever brand of plant-based meat you want. Do some fun stuff with it. And uh, we'll make a believer out of this Brian Ford character. Uh, yeah, it's, Dave. it's gross. <laughs> closing closing <laughs> words from David Chang. Um, I, when making a recipe, ask for the recipe and, 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 and the historical context and the personal story behind it so they don't make you look like an asshole. Basically, that's the full story. That's the moral of the story here. But before you even get to Honduras versus, you know, El Salvador <laughs> or anything else or Pope Boys versus Mufaladas and whatever, whatever, just ask, get, get the basic information. That's all. That's what I learned. We're going to be um, selling recipe club aprons that say, when making a recipe, ask for a recipe. <laughs> ask for the information about the recipe. <laughs> That's all. This isn't, this isn't a Great British Bake Off, okay? <laughs> it did a real Great British Bake Off vibe to it for sure. But I was like, how long do I put this for? I'm going to set my timer. Uh, yeah. All right. Give this podcast five stars, please. And... Um, let us know how this goes. Well, when if you, you don't give us own. five stars, clearly you're anti-Honduras. <laughs> yeah. Or they're Ecuadorian and they're mad at my comment. <laughs> yeah, if you're Ecuadorian, give this podcast one star. I, I, do y'all make a rap? I'm delivering. You know? <laughs>